So we're in a series that's called, you know, the Bible, What's So Great About It? And some of you in here might have thought that before. You might have asked yourself that question, you know, well, what's, I mean, we, I've been to church maybe, and you know, my grandma or the, or the preacher or my mom used to tell me, you need to read the Bible, and the Bible's good for you, and you've you got to learn the Ten Commandments, and things like that. And you might have wondered, though, well, what's, what makes it so great? What makes it so helpful? I mean, aren't there other books that um, people wrote that have been helpful to, you know, humanity? Aren't there other things out there that are good stuff to read that I should, you know, take in? And, you know, does the Bible actually apply to me today? Because it was written a few years back. You know, does it, does it have anything in there for me? Can it be helpful to my life today? Now, you might have thought some of these things, and, and you might not want to admit it because, you know, you, again, your mama, I said you know a whole bunch of times. Coming, uh, yeah. They're smart, though. Yeah, y'all caught that. So let me try not to say that one more time. Y'all count. You know, um, <laughs> that you might have looked at the Bible and thought, what's, what's so great? Is it, is, it, is it because preachers say that we should read it? Nah, no, 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 that's not it. In this series, we've tried to help answer some of these questions. And we've, we've also tried to give you some interesting facts about, about the Bible. And I want to give you one here today. Did you know? that the principles and the guidelines of the Bible are, were actually instrumental in the development of our country. Uh, at, in Washington, D.C., in, in the Supreme Court building, behind all the judges and, and, and inscribed over the doors, and there's, it's, it's all over the place, the Ten Commandments of the Bible are displayed. The, the, when the Founding Fathers kind of put things together for our country, they used principles from the Bible to help do it. Folks, that's amazing to me. They, they, they were deliberate about it, and they, they, they wanted to make sure that the things they knew were working great would be in America. Well, that's a very interesting fact to me. I'm so glad that we have that. And here at Ignite, we believe that the Bible really is great. And it's not really because our founding fathers did that. It's not because you can see the, the Ten Commandments in the courtrooms and things like that. That's not why we think it's great, but that's the product of it. We, we don't think the Bible's great because it's the most copied and the most, uh, like, like sold, the most sold the most copies. So it's been translated the most times. That's what I meant. And it's been the most copied, the most sold, the best-selling book of all time. That's not why it's great, though. That's a product of it being great. It's not great because preachers or your grandma or people on TV tell you that you're supposed to read it and you should know what the Bible says or what's in the Bible. That's not why it's great, but those are all products of it being great. We think we know why. We think we have a really good handle on why the Bible is great, and the way we want to present that to you today is first start with a question, and that is, would you agree that deep down in the core of your soul, that you want to be loved. Is, is that, is that a, would that be a fair statement for you to say, yeah, deep down, I want to be loved? I, I think it's true about everybody in here. I've never, ever met one person in my entire 44 years of life that said to me, you know, I don't want anybody to ever care about me. I don't want anybody to love me. I, I, I have never come across that person. And if you are in here today, we will have people on either side of the stage ready to pray for you. 
when the service is over today. But I've never met somebody like that. I've met people, though, that really wanted to be loved. And we believe the Bible really is great because in it and through it, we see God taking the initiative to love us. We see God's love for us reaching out to us through the Bible. In this series, we've been exploring how God does just that. Now, we've been asking you to take a spiritual journey with us through this whole series. We've ended each message with a a practical thing, something you could do to help apply what we're talking about. We, We feel that that's important. But everything leading up to that part has been a spiritual conversation, about how the Bible is good for us and the spiritual journey it can take us on. In the, in the last few weeks, we've talked about how the Bible is superfood to our spirit. We, we, each week, we've left this one phrase in your handout, and it's this one. When we embrace the Bible, we are embracing God, embracing God, we are embracing God, his love, and the healthy spiritual food that blesses our lives. We believe that with all of our hearts. We've also discussed the fact that the Bible is, has all kinds of help for you in different stages and where you're at in life and the important things in life the Bible has helped for us. We've talked about how it can help us become wise people. Here's another person that I've never met. I've never had anybody that told me, I wish that I was more stupid than I am today. <laughs> um, never had it, never, but I have had plenty of people say, man, I wish I was smarter. I wish I'd have known that was happening. I wish I could have seen that coming I wish that I, I had, you know, I had, I wish I was more intelligent than I am. You know what? The Bible can help you with that, can help me with that. The, the Bible has help for us, and that can help make us wise. Last week, we talked about how the Bible turns the light on in our lives. Maybe you've lost something. Maybe you've lost something and can't find it. Well, um, the Bible can turn the light on to help you find it. Maybe you don't know which way to go. It seems like your path in life is dark. Like, I'm not sure, am I even on the right road that God can, that the Bible can light that road up for you? We believe these things. Now, today, we're going to close out the series with a message that makes it, that makes it very clear, a very bold, and actually a very passionate statement about how amazing the Bible really is. Have you ever wanted to give somebody a gift that was such a big deal, it would rock their world? Something that could possibly really, really help improve their life. You ever, ever felt that way towards somebody? I bet you have. Well, you know, God did that for us by giving us the gift of the Bible. Today, we're going to look at some, some verses to help us with this. First, let's look at Psalm 119. Now, this is a special chapter. It's got lots of verses, but they all talk about one very specific thing. All these verses in Psalm 119 talk about how great God's words are and the person writing it, what their attitude toward God's words is. <laughs> what their, yeah. So I want you to look at with me with some selected verses from Psalm 119. First, verse 15. I study your instructions. I examine your teachings. Right off the bat, he's saying, I don't just skim your words. I study them and spend time with them. And examine means even look harder. So this guy is serious about looking at the Bible to get what God has for him. He's like a, he's like a, a guy uh, mining for gold in the mountains. Man, he is digging and looking hard. It's got his attention. Look at verse 23. The rulers meet and plot against me, but I will study your teachings. So now this guy is saying, I've got a crisis. I've got people out to get me, but my focus is not going to be on my problem. My focus is going to still stay 
on God's words. That's where I'll know I'll get strength and guidance and, and what did I need. Verse 48 says this. I respect and love your commandments. I will meditate on your instructions. This guy's saying, God, your, your word is special. I respect it. It is the very word of God given to me. And so I'm going to meditate on it. We're going to talk more about meditation in just a minute. Now verse 78. May the proud be ashamed for falsely accusing me. As for me, I will meditate on your instructions. He's saying, you know, I'm not going to worry about defending myself when people talk bad about me. I'm just going to look to you, God. I'm going to stay focused on your word. Now he goes on, verse 97. How I love your law. I think about it all day long. Now, this, this is going even further. This isn't only a person who reads the Bible at the beginning of their day to, to try to get their focus on and stuff. This guy's saying, I've come to see how awesome your word is and how much it can bless my life that I, I love it. I'm falling in love with the word of God. I think about it all day long. So you can tell this guy, he's, he's pretty obsessed because <laughs> he's found something that's special. And then verse 148, on one hand, he thinks about it all day long. Look at 148. All night long, I lie awake to meditate on your instructions. So this guy, morning, noon, and night, and even when he's sleeping, he's thinking about the Word of God. It kind of reminds me of a, of a, a young man who's got his eye on a gal, and uh, after a while, he's just smit. I mean, he just thinks about her all the time. He's asking questions about her. He wants to know all about her. Why? Because he values her. He thinks she, she is just seems so awesome. That's what this Bible writer is saying, that the Word of God can become that passionate and strong that we love it, and it means so much in our life. Now, the only reason I can think that somebody would say this over and over and over is because it really did make a difference. I mean, they're just not writing over and over just for fun. It really has impacted their life. Now, when I try, try something new and it doesn't help and it doesn't work and it's, it's a disaster or whatever, I, I don't go around advertising it. You know, I'm just like, oh, forget that. I'll go on. On the other hand, if I try something new that does work and does enhance my life and I enjoy it and it's awesome, I don't just enjoy it myself. I tell other people too. I'm like a walking billboard. Listen to me. Look what's happened in my life. Are any of you guys that way? Well, sure you are. You, you, you share special things that are like that in your life. Well, that's how this guy felt about the Bible. Now, let's talk about that word meditate for just a second. To meditate means to give serious thought and consideration to a specific bit of information. Now, in the Bible sense, that bit of information is the Word of God. And so we're seeking to understand it better and to apply it to our lives. So meditation is taking the Bible the most serious we can because we're saying, God, show me. We talked about how the Holy Spirit is within the believer, and he's our teacher. We can say, Holy Spirit, open my eyes. Show me what God is saying. And as I meditate on the Bible, I am receiving what God has for me. Now, this is so important because your life and my life will follow the track that our thoughts set for it. The things that we think about, we meditate on, those are going to be the things that dominate our thinking in our life. And when we let that be God's word, amazing, wonderful things happen in our life. Earlier, Chad said that we're going to make a really bold statement. Here it is. Something supernatural happens when you meditate on the Bible. 
something supernatural happens when you meditate on the Bible. Guys, I, I can't exalt the Bible's importance too much because it's God's words, and he actually is in his word. We're going to see more about that in a minute. But something supernatural can happen because you can connect with God literally, and it's a supernatural thing. So why does this happen? Number one, because the Bible is a seed. What's special about the Bible is that it's like a seed in our life that might start small but end up bigger. Jesus told a great story about this. Back in that day, a couple thousand years ago, they didn't farm like today, didn't have the tractors, whatever, and they didn't even try to make rows. They just tilled up the ground best they could, broke up the clods and stuff, and then they went out just throwing seed. They had a bag of seed, and they just throw it, and that was called sowing your seeds. And so they would throw it all out there, and all the guys got the story as Jesus began to tell it. And then he said this. He said, this farmer went out, and as he was throwing his seed and sowing his seed, this guy threw his seed on different types of soil. It was landing all over the place. Some of the soil was real shallow, and it wouldn't support much life. Some of it was all rocky and, and hard. Some of it was full of thorns and weeds, and, and nothing could happen there. But some of it was good soil. It was deep and rich and fertile, and that soil can have a great harvest. So later, the disciple said, there's more to that story, isn't there? And he said, yeah, there is. Let me explain it to you. And that's where we're going to jump into the story. So this is Jesus explaining the significance of the seed and good soil from Matthew chapter 13. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as has been planted. God's words in the Bible are seeds that can take root in our lives and bless us like nothing else. I enjoy a lot of things in life, but there is nothing that can take root and impact my life the way the Bible does because it's supernatural. It doesn't just stay a seed. If I let it, it grows, and I understand more, and it impacts my life, and my life is just better and better because that supernatural seed of the Word of God is impacting my life. So here's another reason why we believe the Bible is supernatural. Because the Bible is Jesus. The Bible is Jesus. I know it sounds a little weird, but let's talk about it. Jesus had a disciple named John. And in John's latter years, he was exiled for his faith. And he was on this island. And while he was on this island, he was probably praying one day. We're not sure of the context. But we do know what happened because he wrote it down. He had a vision. And so we're talking about the Bible being supernatural. Well, John is having a supernatural vision where God is opening his eyes to see something you can't normally see. Okay, so John has a vision, and his vision is of Jesus. He's going to see Jesus in a unique way because God was showing John how this whole thing is going to end on planet Earth. He's show, he shows John how when Jesus comes back, the whole planet's going to be changed. And it's an awesome, exciting, mysterious book to read. And in this particular verse we're going to look at today, he's going to say something awesome about Jesus. Look what happens in John's vision, chapter 19 of Revelation. Then I saw heaven opened, and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True, for he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. His eyes were like flames of fire, and his title was the Word of God. 
Well, this is obviously Jesus. He's faithful and true. He's coming back to earth. And what's his title? The Word of God. He has other titles in other places, but I think God is really wanting us to get it big time here that the Bible is supernatural. His life inhabits it. When I meditate on the Bible, I'm meditating on Jesus. So as we commit ourselves to regularly, prayerfully read the Bible, here's what your life can be like. You can live in a constant state of a growing, life-giving experience with God on a regular basis through His Word. We really, really, really believe that something supernatural happens as you read and as you connect with God's Word, the Bible, as you meditate on it. And I want to give you a couple more scriptures just to point this out for us today. And the first one is in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. And just read it with me. Study this book of instruction continually. This is referring to God's Word. Meditate on it day and night. We've heard that. So you will be sure to obey everything written in it. So again, as I said kind of at the beginning, you might have heard something like this before. Hey, you need to do what the Bible says. You need to, you, we need to follow what's in there. We need to know what's in there so that we do it. And that stuff is true, but we want to give you even more than just that. Here, here's another sentence in this passage of Scripture. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. So here is another person I've never met. God, please help everything. Have I already said this once today? I'm not even sure. Have you, you know, I've never met the person that said, God, please help everything I do today fail. Did I say that to y'all already? Our see, okay, see, this is our second service. All right, Pat. Sometimes I get lost. Okay, but anyway, we, um, I've never met that person. God, please, when I try to do this extra job today, when I try to do this work today, when I meet with this person today, please help it all go very badly. Please help it just collapse and crash and burn everything I try. I've never met that person that wants that to happen. But what I have met and who I have met, and I'm one of these people too, that, God, I, can you please help this work? <laughs> can, you, can you please, well, I'm going to try this today. God, just let it work. Just please, God, let it work. Um, well, connecting with God, meditating on the Bible, bringing that into our lives can help us prosper in the things that we do. And as, I'm going to go even further that and say it helps us do the things that will prosper um, for those of you that are thinking that already. Now, here's another passage of Scripture, Psalm chapter 1, back to, back to that book of Psalm. This is referring to people that are following God. They delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. There it is again. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. So stop there. And uh, have you ever felt like you didn't have any roots? Like maybe you weren't solid? You know, things happen and it just kind of knock you over all the time and, and you didn't have it, you were, didn't feel like you were very grounded and, and you know, you're just like, oh, I got some structure. You know, you felt just like anything, anything could mess you up, anything could get you off track. Well, if you and I will take the time and we'll meditate on the Bible, that doesn't happen to us. As a matter of fact, we become like trees that are planted by a river. Folks, those trees that are planted by the river have plenty of water. They've got plenty of nutrients. Their roots go deep, and they're strong trees. They, they, will, they hang in there. They, they get a good, solid foundation, and they bear fruit, which is great. That means things actually, great things actually happen. 
Um, this happens when you connect with and you pull in God's word. Let's finish this out. Talking about these trees, people like this, their leaves never, never wither. That's great. I've got a few wrinkles. I feel like I'm withering. Um, and <laughs> it won't get rid of your wrinkles, I'm sorry. But, but, and they prosper in all they do. There's that same phrase again. Connecting with, meditating on, God's word helps you to prosper in life. Do you know you were made with a purpose? God has a plan for you. You, you were born to be someone, and, and God can help you be who you were born to be. In the Bible, it can be part of that. Now, the things we talked about these last four weeks and today, the, the supernatural truths we're talking about today, um, they're, what, they're what puts the Bible in a class of its own. This is why the, all of these things we've been talking about and, and the God showing his love to us in these ways is why we think the Bible is great. And it's not only worth reading and studying. It is, but it, that's not it. It's also a must if you want to connect with the life that God made you for. A must. That's exactly right. Well, we want to give you some practical steps as we begin to wrap up here today. First off, this week, we want to encourage everybody to meditate on the Bible. Not just read it, but read it slowly and thoughtfully and, and look for the pause. When I pray, God, I know you want to speak to me. I, I want to read your word now and speak to me. I'll start reading and often I'll just sense pause on the scripture. And, and I'll look at that scripture and, and read it some more. Read it out loud. And, and then I might like uh, read it in another Bible translation. The Bible app we're trying to get everybody to use, it makes it real easy to change translations to get just another little view of, of what that scripture is talking about. We believe the Bible is like a diamond. That it's full of truth, and as you turn a diamond in the light, you see the different reflections, don't you? Well, we believe the Bible is like that, full of truth, full of reflected truth that God wants us to have, and meditating thoughtfully and prayerfully will bring that out to us. We're like a person who's digging for diamonds in a diamond mine, and they're looking and looking and looking, and then they start to see it. Well, that's what meditation is. You take your time, and you may read only a few verses that day. It's not about reading lots of Bible. It's about trying to interact with God using this wonderful thing we call meditation. All right, now, second step is to do what we've been trying to get folks to do for a month now is use this app on your smartphone. It only will take you a minute if you don't have it on there yet. This app is awesome. It's got access to numerous Bible translations. It's the one I was talking about a second ago. It's also got a lot of devotional plans in it that you can use, and it is so good. So take a second if you haven't installed it yet, or if you're a guest, we really encourage you to do it. Take your phone out right now. Go to your uh, app store. Look for it. Hit it and install it, and you may have to do just a little account filling out, but it's real brief, and it is so so worth it. So we encourage you. We hope everybody is using this wonderful Bible app called Version. So I'll let you keep working on that. And I want to go on to the third step. The third step is we have a specific devotion we want to encourage everybody to use this week. So on that Bible app, go ahead and take your phone out right now if you want to, or be sure to write this down so you get it. The devotion is called The Story of Easter. And so on your Bible app on the bottom in the middle icon, if you'll hit that for plans, then plans pop up. And on the right side, it says discover. Hit discover. And then you have the little search icon, the magnifying glass. Hit that and then type this in. The Story of Easter. The Story of Easter. And once you type that in, you'll see it come up. There's a couple choices. We want to use the second one. And the, the image on it is this that we're projecting. 
okay? So that's the devotion we want to encourage everybody to be reading and meditating on this week as we prepare for Easter and just celebrating the resurrection of our Savior. We believe that as we really commit our lives to being people of God's words and people of the Bible and letting that become like this writer earlier, something that just fills our life, that as we read and meditate on God's word, we will regularly have fresh insights into life, fresh experiences with God, all because his word is so awesome. Now, in conclusion today, we've got a video we want you guys to watch, so check it out. Okay, here's the question. Do you believe you have a personal responsibility to share your faith? Surveys have shown that the overwhelming majority of you would answer yes. Okay, so what about this question? Have you shared your faith with anyone in the last six months? Surveys have shown that a majority of you would answer this question? No. I guess it's just not as easy as it seems, or at least as easy as we'd like it to be. Well, here's another question. How many times have you personally invited an unchurched person to church? Now this seems simple, right? And yet, surveys tell us that almost half of you would answer zero. I mean, there are lots of reasons why we don't, right? Like, maybe it still feels a little awkward and uncomfortable, or maybe we're just unsure how effective it is, or we just expect to hear them say, well, no. Okay, so listen to this. When people are asked why they came to church in the first place, the vast majority of them say, I began attending because someone invited me. It wasn't the music or the pastor. It wasn't the childcare, the youth program, or the building. Although these are all great things, important and valuable things, the main thing that got most of you up and through that door the first time wasn't any of these. It was an invitation. Easter will be here soon. It's the perfect Sunday to share with others what your faith is all about. And it can all start with one more simple question. Want to come to church on Sunday? Let's change the stats and let God change hearts and lives this Easter. And let's start with something simple. An invitation. So would you do that for next week for Easter? Invite somebody to come. I will have the special service. We're going to have special things for the kids, the Easter egg hunt and the snow cones. And by the way, adults, you can have a snow cone too. Uh, uh, and so it's a great time of year to invite people to come, somebody that you care about, somebody that you love, somebody that you really don't like very much at all. Maybe they need to come to church and connect with God. And now I'm being serious. Invite them to come. They might be shocked that you actually were nice to them. So... I'm playing, I'm kidding. Folks, y'all stand up with us. Invite people, invite people, invite people. And what I want to do is close out today with a prayer. I want to pray for you guys. Lord, I thank you for everybody in here today. We thank you for this last few weeks and just as we've talked about your, your word, the Bible, and how it can touch our lives. And I pray that as we read it this week, as we go through the devotional, as we take our time over these just the, from now on and we pull your Bible, your word into our lives, God, I pray that you speak something special to our hearts. 
Help us to hear the things that we've been needing to hear from you. Give us the answers that we've been looking for and the things we've, the questions we've had. We just pray that you bring in those answers to our lives. Pray that you would bless each and every person that's here today and help us have a wonderful week. And I pray today that you show us someone that we can invite to come to church with us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.